Hello, and welcome to Superhuman Action Heroes, where we chat with leading thinkers, culture changers, and industry disruptors. From nutritionists to creatives, entrepreneurs to coaches, these are people who will share their personal experiences and advice on addressing the challenges that women face. We're currently living through a wellness revolution, and the term self-love or self-care is bandied around a lot. But what does it really mean? And why is it so important? And more importantly, how can we do it better? To discuss this, we have a very special guest today, Katie Phillips, who is an expert on this subject. Katie is an author and internationally re- a renowned coach. Her book, The Self-Love Affair, A Woman's Guide to a Daring and Mighty Life, has had a significant impact on many women's lives, including my own. She's also the founder and CEO of the School of Self-Love. Katie, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem at all. Well, let's let's kick off the discussion today by talking about this term self-love, mm. which, you know, is bandied around left, right and centre, sometimes has some like fairly cynical, <laughs> dodgy connotations, but it feels like in the last year and a half has taken on a, a meaning of its own. Um, yeah. do, you, do you want to start by telling us what your definition of it is? Yeah, I mean... It definitely didn't used to be bandied around, did it? And I remember when I first started telling people that I had written a book about self-love and I was a self-love coach. I mean, literally people, I mean, people would literally snigger thinking I was talking about masturbation. (laughs) Um, So we've come leaps and bounds, um, particularly in the UK, because it was very accepted in the States, Mm. I felt. And over here in the UK, yeah, definitely more well-received and understood. And I think depending on who you're talking to, I think people will have different takes on what self-love is. And for me, um, there is nothing woo-woo or wishy-washy or airy-fairy about it. Like I actually, I'm quite fierce about what self-love means um, because it requires masses of self-responsibility because what I'm calling a person to do, when I say you've got to love yourself, what I'm inviting them to do is to is to actually really bravely take a look at whatever is going on in their life that's not working for them and do something about it. So love themselves enough to do something about that. And, and we address um, all levels. So whether it's something physical going on, whether it's an emotional piece or a mental piece, uh, mental and emotional mastery are, are the key areas that I work in and Mm -hmm. focus on when it comes Mm -hmm. to self-love. Looking at mental mastery, what thoughts or beliefs do you have that are essentially self-harming? And what is required to flip that into something that's more self-loving? And then because we get what we think about, you know, so while you're believing that you're not good enough, Mm -hmm. life keeps reflecting that back to you. Um, And it's the same with the emotional mastery piece as well. It's, It's about how can you start to feel more in charge of your emotions and more responsive to life rather than reactive? Because when we're reacting to life, we're utterly out of control and it feels horrible and that is not a self-loving place to be. So really you're being called through self-love to have a lot of self-compassion and kindness for where the self-sabotaging beliefs and behaviours and, and emotional pieces have come from and bravely like loving yourself enough to do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's my approach. Okay. And and why do you think self-love has become so important 
has moved up the agenda for many people in recent years. Yeah, it's changed enormously because actually I was speaking at an event recently. I was invited to speak to a law firm about self-love and to a mixed audience of men and women. And I couldn't believe it. And I said this during my talk. I was like, it's, it's amazing to me that I'm now able to bring this conversation into a corporate mm. law environment. That's amazing, right? Mm. Well, that's really interesting, actually. Yeah. So, so what what was their reason for getting you in? Because I think you know, in a law firm, if you can be having a conversation about looking after yourself, yeah, that's unheard of in the law the law pro, the legal profession, where you know they're used to pulling all nighters and all of those sorts of things. Well, that was the thing. That's the shift. They having they seem to have a more holistic approach now. Mm -hmm. So they're not just looking at the work that's you know that's being output they're looking at the human being and what does the human being need to be at his or her best mm -hmm. and part of that is their self confidence their self esteem their self trust are they getting enough sleep and rest are they taking care of themselves like all of those self care pieces and self care is a huge part of of self love of course it is um, and so is their mindset and so is there a way is their way of emotionally responding to the world we all know that colleague mm -hmm. that doesn't have emotional mastery and they're not easy to work with and they don't bring in clients or or create satisfied clients. Yeah. Um, so I think they just have a more holistic approach. People are talking about self-love more now because it has gained a momentum. One person starts, then another, then another, and we all get more brave and and suddenly it's more understood and acceptable. And I genuinely think that as much as self-love applies to men and women, as it totally did at that law firm the other day, um, I think the term self-love inherently is quite feminine. Yes. Right? So mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's probably gained momentum within the female community. Yeah. And then men are noticing, because I know with my book, I have men read my book. I've, I aimed it at women because, quite frankly, three, four, five, whenever it was I wrote it years ago, it wasn't for men mm. because not that it's not, but they weren't available to hear that yet. Yeah. But I felt like women were becoming available. Yeah. And then their husbands or brothers are reading it. Yeah. And then I get emails saying, why aren't you writing this for men as well? Mm. So it is for both. But I think it was easier to start with women. Women are just freaking burnt out mm. and exhausted from trying to be something that they're just not. And everything to everyone. And everything to everyone and mm. all of those pieces. Mm. And then they're even more emotionally out of control. I mean, that's such an interesting point, actually, because I think actually men are quite exhausted about trying to do absolutely life. Absolutely they are. The, they totally are. Yeah. I yeah. mean, people like the Naked Professor, who's, you know, very much a friend of Superhuman, um, you know, is a great example of someone who is looking at masculinity and saying, hey, this model is broken. Mm. How can we... How can I be a better human being by totally. being a more complete human being? You know, women obviously exhibited the characteristics quite quickly, you know, that, yeah. you know, that wasn't working for them. But I think men now are looking at mm. that and going, well, hang on a minute. It's not really working for us either. No. Um, and it's not working for the planet. No, this whole well, patriarchy. Quite. I mean, it's a whole, let's, let's go <laughs> into a whole other two hour conversation. But yeah, no, it's not working for the planet either. So we all, all of us, men and women, from an energetic perspective, need to bring into alignment our masculine and feminine energies. Yeah. Um, and I think, and self-love has been a beautiful calling to, to do that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, as a self-love mentor and coach, what's been your journey towards loving yourself more? <laughs> I know it's a long one. Where do I begin? <laughs> um, well. And what have I, been the key lessons from it, actually? Yeah. Well, I think if I was to go back and I mean, I, I look, I do genuinely believe that every um, challenge in our life is an opportunity. 
And when I go back to when I was 22 and my mum committed suicide, I absolutely lived as a victim to that for about a decade before I came to have a perhaps a more spiritual perspective on it. And I could see that really it was a gift to me because what mum modeled to me was what life looks like and feels like when you don't love yourself. I felt like life was saying to me, love yourself mm. or that's where you're headed. Mm. And that's what was modeled to me. So I actually was headed, I was kind of fast tracking in that direction. So I went on to heal my perfectionism, my people pleasing uh, codependency, yeah, my need to be all things to all people. I discovered actually the truth was I didn't know who I was. Mm. I really didn't know. So therefore, of course, I was going to be a people pleaser because I didn't know how, I didn't know what I wanted. So mm. it was easy just to take care of everybody else mm -hmm. and either be the A grade student or the exemplary employee or whatever. But I had to, I had to overcome all of that to feel like I knew who I was and to feel purposeful in the world and empowered as a woman as well. Yeah. And can you tell us about uh, a moment in time where you feel like you made a seismic shift towards the person that you are today? Yes. Um, two moments. The first one was making the decision to do life differently, to figuring out a way of doing life differently. When I realized that I was a puppet to my parental conditioning and I was fast tracking to basically having the life that my mum had, and I realized somehow something within me said, you learned to do life like that. You learned to feel like this, to believe what you do, to get the results you are. So you just need to learn another way. So I remember making the choice to learn another way. And then what I was guided to, actually the, well, I was guided to all sorts of different things, but a very pivotal piece for me was doing the Hoffman process. Mm -hmm. um, because it was through Hoffman that I discovered that I had a spiritual nature. And I didn't know that. Mm. That was brand new information. I was also really, really cynical. I was a very corporate good girl. And it's still funny to me that now I'm a coach and teaching what I do and writing and recording meditations and helping people to connect to their spiritual nature. Uh, but for me, learning to connect to the truth of who I am, my spirit, total game changer. Total utter game changer because suddenly... I felt really safe in my own skin and I felt safe in the world. Mm -hmm. um, whereas before I, I, di I didn't have any trust in me or life. I, I actually thought life was plotting against me. So, but it was such an experiential thing. It's not something that's very easy to explain to mm -hmm. you what happened in that moment. Mm. Although that, that over a per that period of time where I connected to, to my spiritual self, um, it, I just felt the shift. So what do you see as the kind of reoccurring challenges amongst your clients? You know, what are the things that yeah. keep coming up that you think are like the malaise that, you know, you feel mm. like being, that self-love addresses so beautifully? Oh, gosh. What are the, um, the things people come to you with? Well, it's absolutely a sense they don't know who they are, which is a terrifying place to be, really, to not have a sense of self. To not have that solid foundation. And when you say don't know who they are, how does that manifest? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Like, so, if someone's listening to this, how do they how do they know that that's the issue that they might be facing? Well, the way it might show itself would be um, people pleasing behavior, um, codependency, where uh, needing others to be okay so that you feel okay, 
feeling like they don't have emotional mastery. Like I was saying before, that mm. idea that they're sort of reacting to life and not responding to life. Because, again, if you really know who you are and really trust mm. yourself, and if you really are in charge of your emotions, it's it's like life can throw a gazillion curveballs at you and you kind of got this attitude of, you know, I've got this. Mm. Not to say you won't have, and trust me, like I've been working on my own self-love for a decade now and... It's not like I don't have the odd meltdown. Mm. Of course I do. I'm human. And and life can throw very challenging curveballs and it can be really upsetting. But it's knowing that that will pass and that I, I've got me, mm. like I'm there for me, that no matter what happens, I can come back to myself. And I have a practice of just putting my hand on my heart and a hand on my womb and just, and breathing and reminding myself that I'm safe, mm. reminding myself that I'm a spiritual being reminding myself that I have oodles of evidence that I have survived XYZ in the past and fundamentally I'm okay and I'm all right and a woman that doesn't know herself I don't think she knows that Mm. Um, and what does that look like when they get on the end of the phone to you so when they're you know when they're they're going okay well I think I need to see a coach like yourself what 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 sort of characteristics are they exhibiting? You know. Well, yeah, how do they sound? Really good question. How do they feel? How do they tend um, to feel? They're freaking exhausted. Yeah. From keeping up appearances mm-hmm. and being all things to all people, and the people pleasing. I mean, that's I, I would say you know ninety percent of my clients really have the people pleasing thing going on. Perhaps probably a hundred percent. But what it really shows up as is something like um, it's self-sabotage in either their relationships or their finances or their career like they're just not feeling fulfilled something's missing they're not making the money they want to be making they don't understand why they're not because they're they're brilliant or they are making a lot of money but they're feeling so unfulfilled Mm. like it's not really their purpose but they're really good at it and they're a good girl you know she's a good girl and she works hard and everybody's happy with her and she makes sure everybody else is happy. But fundamentally, at the end of the day, who am I? Why do I feel so emotionally out of control in private? And that's the other big thing is mm. she, the people she loves most are not getting the best of her mm. and are the people that she really takes it out on. And that causes her so much pain because she doesn't want to be that woman and she doesn't feel in charge of herself. So she can show up at work but at home, it's another story, and that's pretty soul-destroying. Mm. And you see that quite often, do you? A lot. Mm. A lot, a lot, mm. a lot. Um, or for women who aren't in a relationship, they're desperate to find their guy, mm. and they don't understand why they're having back-to-back relationship disasters, which, by the way, was my story too. Um, and they don't get it, and they don't. They know something's got to shift, but it's 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 an in, all of this is an inside job, whether it's wanting to make more money or have a more fulfilling career or meeting your soulmates, it all starts with you and what you believe about yourself because what you believe about you is what's going to get reflected back to you. So, mm-hmm. you know, anybody listening to, to this interview now, anybody that's thinking, gosh, actually, right there she just described me and I don't know, where do I even begin mm-hmm. to to feel better or to not feel so anxious or to not be so out of control at home or whatever? Um, where do I begin with that? Um, that's a really scary place. Mm. I mean, even when I told you my pivotal moment of choosing to learn a different mm. way, 
that was terrifying. I mean, exciting and empowering and terrifying because when you actually look at your life and get really honest with what's not working, um, it can feel very embarrassing, humiliating, uh, and it might and will probably mean things need to change. And it might mean a career change. It might mean a relationship change. It might mean having to move or, you know, like for me, I had to leave the father of my child. That was a big part of it. And that set in motion all sorts of events that was tough, mm. you know, and it was the making of me. Mm. What would you recommend if someone's feeling that sort of out of control, unsure of themselves, un unsure where to go next mm. and, and how to heal themselves? What would you, what would you recommend as those baby steps to get started? Um, I think, I think it's always interesting to have a look at somebody in your life that you really love and ask yourself how you demonstrate that love. So consider like the time you spend with that person, the attention you give them, the money you spend on them, um, that the connection that you have, how you take care of them perhaps. And if it's not a person, a pet perhaps, um, or a child, you know, you know husband, child, boyfriend, whatever. Um, and then ask yourself, how do I do that for me? Mm. And where can I begin doing that for me? Because we're very, especially as women, we're really good at giving time and attention and money and whatnot to what we love. Mm. And uh, we need to learn, start doing that for ourselves. So that would be just an interesting place of exploration to, to begin. Um, and I think you've got to really get to know yourself, warts and all. And a couple, my two favorite ways of really getting to know yourself um, in a very private way as well. So no one needs to know about it. This is your own little personal journey. Uh, is your journal. So just writing in your journal as often as possible. Uh, write about what you're grateful for. Write about what you're worried about. Write about how you're feeling honestly, how you're feeling. Write a letter to somebody that has really pissed you off. Um, but don't obviously send it, put it in your journal, um, maybe tear it up and burn it if you want to. Um, but really start to explore yourself through writing. Get to know yourself through writing about what you think and feel and what's going on for you. Um, that can be very powerful. And then meditation is another way of just sitting and being present with you. Like that's the key, isn't it? Is creating, sort of carving out just some time and space every day to just be there with you and to feel what you feel and notice what you're thinking and just be that kind of curious, almost like third party silent observer and just watch, oh, I think that, that's not very kind. I wonder what I could think instead that would make me feel better. Or, oh gosh, I get really upset when someone says that. Oh, I wonder how I could respond better rather than react the way that I, I'm noticing now through my journaling and just sitting in quiet contemplation. I notice that that's what I do. Um, it's just getting to know yourself. Um, and baby steps, baby steps. Like one a little thing a day. I mean, you know what? Journal once a week to start with. Do one meditation a week to start with and, and build it up to a, hopefully a daily practice. Excellent. Katie, thank you so much for being mm -hmm. our superhuman action hero. Really enjoyed our chat. I love being an action hero. You're welcome. <laughs>